0: Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the Miss Pink Digital Podcast, home to everything digital marketing, brand building, and tech. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking all about Facebook ads, more specifically, Facebook Ads Creative, and how you can level this up in 2023. I think it's safe to say that the overall landscape has kind of changed when it comes to not only ad creative we see online, but also organic social media content that we see in the day-to-day. This has especially been the case over the last few years, especially since lockdown and TikTok really blew up, and we are seeing now more so than ever a different content style to what we were before. For instance, before it was heavily image orientated and the highly curated kind of perfect lifestyle image where everyone's hair and makeup was done up, they were wearing their best outfits. And now we're kind of seeing a bit more relaxed, less curated style of online content, where we're seeing more of a realistic viewpoint of the everyday user. Obviously, social media is still a highlight reel, so we do see the best bits of people's lives, but people have become more open and the advertising landscape has also changed to cater to that. Another thing we have to note as well, in 2023, ads are just as if not more competitive than ever. There are more advertisers online and it is becoming harder to compete with them. So we really need to think about our content strategy this year and how we can be on their level or even outperform them. Back in the day, pre iOS update, when Facebook's tracking was a lot more accurate and Facebook had the ability to kind of reach very specific audiences. We didn't have to rely as much on creative. We could build a really solid campaign with really relevant targeting and build in kind of subpar creative elements and just target these ultra targeted users. And for the most part, the campaign would do okay. Obviously, it wasn't reaching its full potential, but it got us by. But nowadays where we don't have that level of tracking anymore and we don't have those audiences as readily available to us and we have to take a broader approach, we can no longer rest on some subpar ad creative and we really have to be testing and trying out new things and following the trends. So hopefully this will be helpful to you guys. I wanted to put together a smaller list so it's not too overwhelming. There can be a part two to this because there's so many different routes we can go to level up Facebook ads creative in 2023. But I wanted to start off with a list that's not too overwhelming, doesn't break the bank, doesn't have you questioning when you're going to do this, when you will have time, when you will have the budget. It's just an easier way to get started, especially if you want to get started quickly. So Let's jump into it. I'm going to start off by talking about catalogue ads or dynamic catalogue ads. Those of you who run e-commerce, Facebook ad accounts already, you're likely very familiar with these. But if you don't, um, I'm just going to Briefly explain what they are and what a catalog is. So, a catalog is a place within your Facebook business manager. So, a Facebook business manager is basically an account which holds your ad account, your Facebook page, your pixel, your billing information, anything that would be associated with running ads or marketing your business through Facebook. So, you have your Facebook business manager, and within that, you can have a commerce manager. And within your commerce manager, you have what's called a catalog. A product catalog is a place that stores your product information and allows you to push it out into ads or onto a Facebook page slash Facebook shop or Instagram shop. There are different ways you can set up your Facebook catalog. One of the ways is you can connect it up with your website. So I know a lot of e commerce website building tools like Shopify or like WordPress have plugins and apps available, which makes it a really seamless process to connect your catalog up with your website. And then your website in real time will feed any product information off of the site into the catalogue. So that includes product pricing, descriptions, names, images, all of that good stuff you need for your ads. If you don't have that option, you can also upload your product information via your Facebook pixel which is how you track information on your site. If you already run Facebook ads, you already know what a pixel is. And then the other option is you can upload your product information from your catalog via a CSV file. Your product catalog can be updated manually, so you manually input that product information in, or like I said before, it can pull directly from your site and update in real time with your site, or once a day, once every few hours. Ideally, you want to be as automated as you can with your catalog, especially if you're doing frequent website changes or you run out of stock quite quickly or you have just a lot of products to look after. It's going to be a lot easier if you have those automated updates into your catalogue. Obviously, if you don't have a big product range, you're not frequently updating them, you're not too worried about stock running out, then you can do manual updates, which is where you manually update the CSV file and re-upload it into your catalogue. But ideally, you want to avoid that where you can. So yes, that is a brief explanation on what a catalogue is. Highly recommend having one if you don't already for an e-commerce account, because like I say, it just opens the doors of opportunities with what you can do within your Facebook ads account. For instance, you can set up dynamic ad campaigns, whether that's from a prospecting perspective or a retargeting or a retention perspective. For prospecting, you can allow Facebook to target people dynamically through your catalogue. These are called DABA campaigns, which stands for Dynamic Ads for Broad Audiences, which is where you just set up the campaign, connect up your catalogue and basically let Facebook do all the work. Really good campaign type for scaling. It also allows you to set up dynamic remarketing campaigns, which is where you can target users based on site actions they carried out. Whether that's adding an item to cart, viewing a product, you can then retarget those users with the items they added to their cart or they viewed. And it just makes for a really good form of targeting and following users down that funnel. So if you don't have a catalog, highly recommend it. You can also set up a Facebook and Instagram shop as well, which is always useful. One slight negative when it comes to catalogue campaigns, especially if you have them connected up to your website, is it doesn't leave much flexibility for personalising them. And by that I mean because it's pulling from the information from your website and spitting it out into an ad and into a catalogue, it's pulling those images from your website into that ad, those product descriptions into that ad and those product names into that ad. So everything on your website for that product is going to be reflected in your ad. So start off before you optimize anything within the platform, make sure your product information within your catalogue and on your website is of a high quality, looks professional and is going to entice the user to convert. So make sure you're highlighting those USPs, make sure you're highlighting that important product information that sets you apart from your competitors, make sure you're being super transparent, make sure your images are of a high quality as well, just to help with that overall click-through rate and gain that user's interest when they see your ad. Once that is all up to scratch and looking good, then we can get into personalising the catalogue ads. And that's what we need to be doing a bit more of this year. So something you can do when it comes to catalogue ads is create what's called frames. And frames are, uh, in the name, they frame around the catalogue images. So if you've got quite plain catalogue images, let's say plain studio shots, and you want to split test something a bit more exciting, catalogue frames allow you to personalise the ad a bit more. Whether that's making it a bit more branded, so incorporating your logo in the frames, or just making it a bit more colourful to stand out, or whether you have specific offers that you're running that you want to reflect in the frames. Whether it's free delivery, whether it's 50% off, whether you want to just show a USP, whether your product's organic or something and you want to reflect that through the image, then you can use the frame to do that. You can also incorporate Catalog information on your catalog images by adding things like the product pricing. So, a lot of companies do this if they have very competitively priced products. So, especially now where the cost of living is going up, users are looking for cheaper options. If you do have a product where the price point is of a really good value, why not display that on your ads? So, making sure you're personalizing those elements of your catalog through the frames. Through adding the pricing info onto the ad, it's really going to help you, especially when you're comparing it to a competitor who doesn't have all of that on their ad. And going back to incorporating your logo, if that's something, if brand awareness is something you really want to improve on this year and you really want to scale your brand's visibility, incorporating your logo not just on your catalog frames, not just on your catalog ads, but on all of your ad content in general is really going to do that because it's going to allow users at all different touch points in all different audiences to make that connection with your brand and keep your brand in their mind. So if you aren't already incorporating your logo a bit more within your imagery, within your ad content, try and test doing that and scaling that out a bit more to give your brand's logo and your brand name more visibility across the board. In addition to testing the catalogue ads and levelling up that creative and personalising that creative, don't stop yourself from testing other ad types. It's so, so important to ensure you are continuing to test You're trying out what works, what doesn't, and not being afraid to test new features available within the platform when it comes to the ad types. If you're already running ads and you're already probably very familiar with the fact that ads is all about testing, it's all about generating that data, seeing how stuff performs, and learning from that data and developing it. If things are going well, expand on it. If things haven't gone well, either stop that activity altogether, reduce that activity, or see what you think has gone wrong with that activity and how you can improve on it. So testing all these different ad types is really going to benefit your account because it's not only going to allow you to narrow in on what works, but it's also going to give Facebook more information to learn from and more ways to target the users. If you aren't already running Facebook ads, then you won't be familiar with this metric. Um, If you are running ads, you might already know what it is. There's a metric in the platform called ad frequency, and it's basically how many times a singular user has seen your ad. So the higher the frequency, typically, especially when it gets very, very high, the less efficient your ad performance gets. And that's because Users are seeing the same stuff over and over again. Now, there's nothing wrong with the same user seeing your brand over and over again and keeping your brand in their mind, but there is a negative to them seeing the exact same content over and over again because they're going to get bored. So the more ad types you can feed in to the platform, to that user, the more you can keep their brand in or your brand in their mind, but in a way that doesn't build up frequency and affect your ad's performance. The next thing I'm going to talk about is something I've spoken about a few times before, definitely in a previous episode and definitely on social media, but it is so important and that is user-generated content. As we know, user-generated content is growing and it's growing massively. Users no longer want to see the heavily curated, heavily produced content style that they can't relate to. They are wanting to see that relatable, less curated, less quote-unquote perfect content that allows them to relate to your brand and see themselves inside your brand. So any form of UGC is going to be beneficial to test, whether that's video, whether that's photos, whether it's animation. I don't know how you could make an animation in a UGC style, but trying to bring that relatability back into your content and making it something That the everyday user could have made is going to be really beneficial to test and potentially scale out for your brand. Obviously, moving away from the traditional content style that we're used to can be quite scary. So don't just make the full switch to creating this UGC style of content. Start by, you know, testing a few images or a few videos and seeing how they perform. You obviously do need that balance between this less curated, less perfect content style alongside the heavily conversion focused high quality content because there is going to be an element there that drives sales over the UGC style content which is going to be more of a brand awareness piece but by all means absolutely test and if you see it working build on it as much as you can. A lot of successful online marketing campaigns I've seen as of late are due to this relatable content style where it comes across as it's a friend recommending a product to you or it's a trustworthy person talking about this product. And it's just been something that's really been sweeping the online advertising world across the board because it is proving to be effective. And off the back of the user-generated content is the rise of video. Or I say the rise, I feel like it's it's risen. (laughs) There's no rise. It has risen. It is peaking and everyone is more engaged when it comes to video now more than ever. That's probably due to the pandemic where TikTok has really grasped everyone's attention when it comes to a video format. Now everyone is looking for that video format online and, um, it's definitely something if your brand hasn't jumped on already should start considering a bit more of. Obviously video content can seem quite scary because when we think of videos we think of a lot of money, we think of heavy production, we think of you know having to spend hours editing. This is where if you haven't tried and tested user-generated content this is your opportunity to test it in a more cost-effective way so you can test video content alongside user-generated content together. Obviously, when it comes to video content, it's important to think about what the goal of the video is, how long you want the video to be, and do you want it to be the style that users are gravitating towards more on a regular basis, i.e. your TikTok scrollable, very easily digestible video content, or do you want it to be a storytelling piece? If so, I'll talk more about this in a minute, but really have a think about the placements you are targeting and the type of user you are targeting and the audience you are targeting. Again, I'll go on to placements more shortly because the two will kind of marry each other up. But yes, definitely utilize the UGC style of content this year and also utilize video where you can because it is so big and users are Digesting video a lot more now than ever. But yes, catering to a placement. So within Facebook and Instagram, you have what's called different placements, and placements are essentially where your ad will be shown to the user, i.e., if you are targeting a feed placement, that basically means your ad will show on the Facebook or Instagram feed. There are also loads of other placements, like you've got story placements, which is Instagram or Facebook stories. You've got messenger, which is where your ad shows up in messenger. You've got right column, which is on Facebook, where your ad shows up on the right hand side of your feed. And different placements mean different things because they carry a different level of intent. So, If you take a feed placement, for example, users go there to discover. It's often a discovery placement and they go there when they are looking for something. So if there's going to be a placement which has a higher intent, it's obviously going to be the feed placements, the placements where users are going there to look at information, look for information, discover pictures, and all of that good stuff. Then you have your lower intent placement, which is your story placements. So for instance, when I'm on a story, I'm not really there to look at ads. I'm not really there to look at content. I'm there to look at what my friends are doing, what the people I follow are doing in a very digestible format. So when it comes to story placements, you really need to catch their attention quickly. When it comes to Real placements, you have a whole different demographic that are more likely to be on Instagram Reels versus Facebook News Feed. Instagram Reels often captures the younger generation, the TikTok generation, who want that easily digestible video content, whereas Facebook Feed covers a larger portion of users' You have the older generations who don't necessarily go on TikTok in there or don't necessarily use Instagram Reels in there. And you do also get the younger generation, but not as much as you would on Instagram. So different placements have different audiences and carry different levels of intent. So let's talk about the high intent versus low intent placements first. As mentioned, when it comes to high intent placements, users are going there because they are looking for something therefore it's not as hard to kind of get their attention and talk to them about your brand. So it's a really good placement for kind of any activity, whether that's a top of funnel prospecting activity or the remarketing activity or the retention activity, you're going to have an easier time getting their attention there than anywhere else. So you can be quite experimental with the ad creative you do here. You can do your single image ads, you can do your carousel ads, you can do your video ads, all of that good stuff. When it comes to the lower intent placements, you are often interrupting a user while they are doing something or you have a very short window to grasp their attention. So anything you can do or express that's really exciting about your business, make sure you do it as quickly as possible and make sure your ad is as engaging as possible to grasp their attention. When it comes to high intent versus low intent as well, really think about where the user's at in their consideration phase. So as a general easy blanket rule, think of it as top of funnel, middle of funnel and bottom of funnel. So your top of funnel activity is very much your prospecting activity. They've never heard of your brand before and you're often going to be reaching out to them for the first time. Then you've got your middle of funnel, which is going to be people who maybe they've seen your ad, they've been to your website, they've engaged with the ad, but they haven't quite made it past that consideration phase of converting. So they're very much in the middle. So you need to convince them to convert there. Then you have your bottom of funnel. Either they have converted before and you need to get them back to your website and improve the frequency in which they go back to your site. Or you could even class people who are right at the bottom, like right on the verge of converting. Maybe they've initiated the checkout. Maybe they've gone to submit a lead form but haven't completed it. They're kind of on the cusp between middle and bottom of funnel. So it's where you want those to sit. But Yes, different stages of the funnel do typically require different ad creative and different styles of content. So your top of funnel is your heavy brand awareness piece. You want them to know about your brand. You want them to remember your brand and take interest. So any USPs you can express to them or anything you can tell them based on their interests or based on the type of user they are that will get them really hooked on your brand that's where you've got to do it then you've got the middle of funnel and obviously these people have shown interest they are very interested in learning more about your brand or they might even show intent to convert but they just need something to get them over the line that's where any offers you can give to them whether that's free delivery whether they get a free gift with their first order or 15 percent off with their first order or 10 percent off when they sign up to a newsletter anything like that to give them positive signals and convince them to convert. Those are the ads you use that messaging for. Then you have the bottom of funnel, which will take retention, for example. So these users, they are customers. They have converted before and maybe you want them to come back. So this is when they're going to be first in line to hearing about product offerings you have, new designs you may have if you have an e-commerce website, new package deals, a sale coming up, anything to keep them coming back is going to work really, really well for those retention style of ads. So really think about where they sit in your funnel and what placements they sit on and how you can kind of incorporate all of those ad elements to, not only cater to the placement, but cater to where the user's at in the funnel. And then finally, the audience that they are. So if you are targeting Reels, the users on Reels are very much more likely to be interested in the TikTok easily digestible video style of content. So make it fast, make it snappy, make it funny, relatable, user-generated style, all of that good stuff. And then the feed you have slightly different demographics on Facebook feeds. So really think about what demographic you want to target, whether it is an older demographic or a younger demographic and how your ad content can do that. Another thing I spoke about in a previous episode is knowing what your competitors are doing and the best way to do that or an easy way to do that alongside obviously scrolling through socials. If you see an ad you like, record it and analyze it, is through Facebook Ads Library. Facebook Ads Library is a really, really, really helpful tool that I feel like not enough people know about. And it allows you to get full transparency on what advertisers are doing within the platform. So if you just type in Facebook Ads Library in Google, you'll probably see it as the first result. Go through that result you've got an option to select your location you've got an option to type in keywords specific competitors or even like ad types that they cover or like markets that the ads or industries that the ads are in and it's a really good way to see or get an idea of what you are, what your competitors are doing if there's a specific trending ad type whether it's a flat lay style whether it's the whether it's the relatable style of content or anything like that, that's your opportunity to kind of view that ad content and see what's going on in there. Another way of seeing what your competitors are doing is by analysing Google Trends, making sure you have your alerts on for trending topics. I know Pinterest always gives out ideas on what is trending at the moment or what is upcoming and could potentially be training. So making sure you're really keeping an eye on those trends and seeing if your competitors are jumping on them. And if not, can you jump on them first? Or can you do ad content to a similar style of your competitors, but even better? So you are competing with them, but you're also standing out in comparison to what they're doing. This is going to be a super obvious one, but still important nonetheless. And that's make sure your ads are season appropriate appropriate. appropriate. If you are running ads, let's say for a clothing brand, make sure you're reflecting the time of year and what that consumer would be shopping for. For instance, unless you're running a sale on bikinis, let's say you're in the UK like I am, it's freezing cold at the moment. If you sell bikinis, unless you're running a sale for them, and therefore can convince a consumer to buy early. The user's not really going to be in the buying mindset to buy a bikini when it's freezing cold. So that's when you need to be advertising your jumpers, your sweatshirts, your hoodies, anything they'll be in the mindset to buy. Also, if you have certain holidays coming up that you know you can cater towards with your product offering, say Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, Christmas, make sure you are promoting those products at the forefront. Make sure you're targeting users with buying intent for those products and make sure you're just capitalizing on them as much as you can. If you really want to build out on your brand awareness this year, in addition to incorporating things like your logo on your ads, frames that are brand relevant, images that are brand relevant. Another great way you can improve on that brand awareness and brand visibility is by making sure your organic content and your ad content work together and follow the same tone of voice that you want to present to the user. If the user can make the connection between your ad and your organic posting, it's a really great way to improve that brand visibility and kind of represent the overall style of your brand. The way you've got to look at your brand is it's like a magazine. So all the pages of the magazine need to align and all of your different facets of your marketing, your email marketing, your ads, your organic, they're all different pages of that magazine. When it comes to ads, especially social ads, it's often going to be the first point of contact between the brand and your business. So keeping everything aligned, keeping everything streamlined with one another and kind of working together in harmony is going to allow the user to connect to your brand more from all touch points and it also allows you to kind of narrow in on your customer base and create these personas that you can then market to and cater your website around because the more you create or harmonize your ad content with your organic content. And the more users engage with that, the more you get an idea of the type of users that are engaging with your content and what they like. So, really make sure this year, if you want to level up that brand activity, that you're doing it in organic, in ads, and making the two work together rather than against each other. And alongside that brand-focused content, make sure you're catering to mobile devices more so now than ever before. Obviously, we know it's been a big thing for the past few years, the amount of users that are browsing the web on their mobile and clicking on ads on their mobile. And also how much search engines push mobile optimization, but it hasn't decreased. If anything, we're getting more mobile focused. So the more you cater to mobile devices with your ads, the more Facebook is going to push your ads in the algorithm. So making sure you're using mobile friendly ad formats when it comes to your images, making sure that the text on your ads is mobile friendly. Whether it's keeping it short and punchy, if you do need to go into detail when it comes to your ad messaging, incorporating things like bullet points, paragraphs, bolding of text just to make that experience on mobile a little bit easier. Test collection ads. If you haven't tried collection ads before, they're a really, really great ad type, a really engaging ad type. They're basically a mobile specific ad type, which improves the overall user's experience when it comes to ads on their mobile phone. So definitely jump on testing those. Test the more engaging ad types such as carousel ads, which allow users to swipe through and engage with the ad itself and also gain a bit more upfront information. So in theory, the more information you can give to the user that's of value upfront, the more likely the click is going to be of a higher quality. So any way you can cater to mobile devices through the ads, make sure you're testing it. Also, it goes without saying, if you're going to optimize your ads for mobile, make sure you're optimizing your landing page for mobile devices as well. If you haven't done kind of like a website review or a landing page review um, from a UX and CRO perspective, maybe do that before you think about expanding on your ad creative and ad content. And alongside that UX review and CRO review, make sure you're looking that your landing pages are optimized for mobile. And finally, just like everything else when it comes to paid advertising, make sure you're monitoring performance and making changes and expanding based on that data. Also make sure you're allowing Facebook to learn and the algorithm to learn and really leaning back on the tools that Facebook has. Although if things have been more difficult in recent years with the iOS update regardless these ad platforms are still very intelligent and they can help you generate great results if you let them but also if you're optimizing them and monitoring them and growing on what's working so don't make it a set it and forget it kind of thing make sure you're monitoring it or make sure you have someone on your team whether that's externally or internally who can but Yes, exciting times ahead. The content world is expanding and people are testing more things every day. So make sure you're keeping an eye on social media platforms. You're saving those ads you like and iterating, testing and narrowing in what you like for your brand and what the consumer likes for your brand as well. But yes, I hope this episode was helpful and I look forward to speaking to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening.